The Z-Ball podcast is a casual conversation that occasionally delves into mature subjects and may contain vulgar adult language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Z-Ball Podcast. I'm Zeeshan Khan. Uh, today we're going to be talking a lot about free agency. Uh, it ended about a week ago, but a lot of stuff to get into uh, with the big uh, signing being Kevin Durant going to the Warriors and them building an ultimate super team. So uh, joining me today, live in studio here, he used to join me a lot for fo- during football season. We have back on the podcast, Reshit. How are you, sir? What's up, my niggas? I'm good. And then joining us uh, from beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia, we have Anis. How are you, sir? Doing fine, my friend. How are you doing? Doing well. Okay, so let's just get right to it. Uh, the big domino that fell. Obviously, Kevin Durant going to the Warriors. So I uh, just want to get your guys' thoughts on that, and we'll start with you, Anis. Uh, I, have, I have mixed responses to that. Uh, the negative side for me was that I wanted to see a Cavs and Warriors rematch with basically the same personnel. Uh, like I've stated, I've stated before in other other conversations that I think uh, fully healthy Cavs would have won in 2015 and fully healthy Warriors would have won in 2016. Uh, and I think would have been it would have been cool to see a full matchup with the health, full personnel of both teams. Uh, but now it changes the game, but. And for me, anything that goes against LeBron, I will be with it. But as a basketball fan, uh, this is just another trade. Just tell LeBron made a super team in Miami, then he made a super team in Cavs, and then uh, Chris Paul was denied to come to the Lakers. So I, overall, I, I, I don't like the trade if we look at, look at it just as a basketball fan. Okay, definitely. Uh, what about you, Rishit? I think this was the worst move Kevin Durant could have made because this is way worse than LeBron and no one's talking about it. LeBron left the Cavs team, which was te- terrible. I mean, they sucked. The East sucked too. But everyone's giving Kevin Durant the benefit of the doubt because he's joining the Warriors and everyone likes the Warriors. All right, definitely. Uh, uh, I mean, my, my whole take on this is when joining super teams, as long as the player... In terms of his legacy, becomes the best player on the team he goes to. I don't really have a problem with it. I didn't have a problem when LeBron did it in 2010 because he was the best player on the Heat. And then now this time around, Kevin Durant, he very well has a good chance to be the best player on the Warriors. I mean, it could be either him or Stephen Curry, in my opinion. And if he does that, I, I, I don't really see anything wrong with it. I mean, I don't really blame him too much. I mean, he, he's probably getting... N- nagged by playing alongside Westbrook Westbrook taking a lot of stupid uh, shots down the stretch a lot of stupid erratic play and although he's a nice guy humbly humble and stuff really good friends with Westbrook always backing him up I think that he finally kind of got fed up with that kind of like finally got frustrated and decided to make which in my opinion is a smart decision but i I have some questions about the fit in Golden State because he's going to have to take a reduced role. He's going to have to 
a lot less touches, a lot less shots. So how do you think ultimately in the first year all the superstar egos on Golden State adjust to that kind of the learning curve of playing with each other and kind of sacrificing individual success for team success? Uh, should I go first? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, that's the, the that's the way Warriors have been playing strength and numbers. So I don't think there will be any ego clash in there. And I think part of the reason why Grant was able to make this decision was the support that he got from Stephen Curry ahead of time, letting him know that it doesn't matter who gets the MVP, it doesn't matter who gets more shots, it doesn't matter who gets to be the Finals MVP, it doesn't matter who gets more, or the scoring title. It, all he wants is to get ranked, and I think that's the mentality with Thompson, Green, Curry, and Durant. And if they're okay with that, I think they'll be fine. Okay. And any thoughts, Rishit? And uh, just going back to my point earlier, as Kevin Durant left, the Warriors were one game away from beating the team he is joining right now, which is way worse than LeBron. I mean, and LeBron formed his own team. This team already has their chemistry together with the big three with Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green. And now getting to the point of chemistry, I think this is, this is really going to fuck them up. Like, I think Curry's going to be not not that good anymore. I mean, he'll still be good. He's Steph Curry. But I think Kevin Durant is going to be the best player. I think Klay Thompson is going to fall off drastically with, with Kevin Durant. And I, I don't know about Welvin the Great, a.k.a. Draymond Green. But I think this is really going to hurt them. They did add Zaza Pachulia and David West, too, which was great. But I still don't know how, how this team is going to fare out. What do you guys think? Uh, I mean, I think this this team is going to be great. I think they're going to win a couple titles. It's I think you can most likely book them in for that, barring some sort of uh, catastrophic injury or if uh, Stephen Curry forgets how to shoot uh, shoot a jumper or something. But uh, I think there will be a little bit of a learning curve just adjusting to each other's playing styles, and especially for Durant. I mean, he's been a high-volume type shooter. Although he's been efficient for most of his career, he's been a high-volume guy, ball-dominant, high-usage rate. So I think that's going to be a little bit of adjustment for him. And I think I think he's going to adjust fine because, I mean, he's not... I don't really see him as a guy that has much of an ego. He can at times. I think most all superstars inher- inherently have an ego, but he's usually a pretty humble guy. And... uh what I'm really excited to see from this Warriors team is how, how good they're going to be defensively just because of the... I mean, they were already so so versatile. One of the... Probably the most versatile defensive team I've ever seen already, even without Kevin Durant. And now you bring in Kevin Durant, who's a seven-foot guy who can beat you from pretty much anywhere on the floor and whose defense is greatly improving, as as we've all seen in this past season. And he just, I mean, he's, his block shot, ability to block shots is becoming a lot better with his long arms. And within this defensive system, with all the versatility, they're just going to be switching everything, it looks like. And they're going to be doing it pretty successfully because they already have probably the most versatile defender in the league in Draymond Green. And then Klay Thompson is one of the best two-way players in the league. And Kevin Durant, you add him, I don't think you you really skip a beat there, so... Do you think 
this has the the potential to be like a kind of 04 Pistons type defense. Honest? I think they have more. They'll be more stronger offensively than they will be defensively. Um, looking at the stats, their death lineup of Pearson Barnes, Iguodala, Green, Thompson, and Curry from last year, averaging I think 147 points on every 100 possessions. The best lineup in the in the season, and then they take their weakest link in Harrison Barnes and replace it with uh, a four-time scorer and a one-time MVP. So I think offensively they got a really big boost, and defensively I think uh, their pace, and their ball movement will just keep on going. And uh, Green, uh, Green, which has been my opinion, should have gotten the defensive player last year or the year before. I think he'll set the tempo, and having the extra taller per, uh, player, as in from compared to Harrison Barnes, will definitely help with the steals, region, and blocks. Okay, definitely. Uh, any thoughts, Rishit? Uh Before I say anything else, uh, I wouldn't say that Kevin Durant should have gone to the Spurs. Uh, I think Popovich is a much better coach, and he would fit much better in there. They already have Kawhi and LaMarcus, and also with st- uh, star player Tim Duncan retiring. He wasn't a star right now, but overall in his career, he was a star. So, anyways, getting to the point on the defensive side... I mean, they're not. They'll be a still. They'll be a great defensive team, probably the best. But I do agree with Anas that they will be better on the offensive side of the ball because you're gonna have 20 from Durant, 20 from Curry each game guaranteed. I think Draymond is Draymond's points are really gonna fall off. I think he's gonna be averaging about like 10 points now max. I think he barely averaged like 15 last season. Also, Clay Thompson is going to fall off, too. I just want to see how this plays out uh, with the chemistry because Durant wants the ball a lot. And, like, when he was in OKC, it was pretty much Westbrook and Durant scoring everything. Okay, getting uh, segueing into that uh, with Durant uh, in terms of the touches, the usage rate. Uh, and going into Stephen Curry, uh, ultimately... Uh, does he have to become more of a, of a, of a facilitator to kind of uh, make the transition for Durant uh, an easy and smooth one? Yeah, he definitely does because he's going to have to take less shots. It's going to be someone that's going to have to take less shots, and I think Steph is the guy who should take less shots. He's a point guard. He should be passing the ball, but uh, I don't think he's that good of a passer. As we saw in Game 7 of the Finals, he had about four or five turnovers trying to do these no-look passes, but uh, I think he'll get to it and he should be the passer. Honest, your thoughts? I I think one thing we're overlooking here is the ability set of Kevin Durant to uh, three-pointers. I think he's going to add on to that fire. Uh, last year, Thompson, Curry, and Durant together, they made 864 threes. Um... Which is, <laughs> which is more than a, a lot of teams players, you know. So I think that that part will, I think, go on more. I think Durant will be shooting more threes and more open shots as compared to as he shot in uh, OKC. You won't need to take as many shots to get the same number of points because the defenders can't come and double-team him or Westbrook anymore. They have to double-team him, then they have to double-team Curry, then they have to double-team Thompson. 
whoever's on fire that night. So I think he'll get he'll get either shot and they'll be much more efficient. And I think their offensive for, uh, their points for every game are gonna go up by a lot in the team. I definitely I agree. I think he's gonna get definitely a lot more quality shots. He's definitely gonna get all those shots you saw Harrison Barnes uh clanking in the finals, uh that's gonna be Kevin Durant and like I said, he can beat you from anywhere on the floor offensively. He's probably him and Dirk probably the only players I've ever seen that can do that at that height in my lifetime. Uh, but the thing with Kevin Durant, he's much more athletic than Dirk ever was or ever will be. So that's the, kind of uh, the interesting thing to see. And uh, moving on, I guess uh, away from Oklahoma, away from Golden State a little bit into Oklahoma City. What is what do they ultimately do from here? Uh, is this ultimately the end of o- the little uh, six-year run we saw from Oklahoma City with their young stars? And are they in a rebuilding phase again? I, I think that depends on the vision of uh, Westbrook if he decides to sign an extension with them. Um, if, he, if he's not signing an extension, then they will end up trading him, and then, yes, then they will, win, they will be in a full rebuild mode. But that rebuild mode started, I think, uh, when this when they traded Ibaka away, um, and then Durant left, and it's really up there. But because uh, right now they can't sign any of their big names, Durant just has to desert um, uh, with him with the trades from Orlando. But uh, uh, with this team, I think they might make the playoffs, but nothing more than that. Yeah, I, I definitely think they're gonna be in rebuilding mode. Uh, st- uh, Westbrook will be traded. I mean, they're not gonna let Westbrook go and just let him walk after what happened to Durant. And I mean, first they had to trade James Harden. I mean, he wasn't a star player with Oklahoma, but now you see what he is. And as you said, honest, they traded Ibaka. Now Durant's gone. I mean, well, what's gonna make Westbrook gonna want to stay there? I don't see them staying there. They're, they're in rebuilding mode. And, the, I mean, their their future is pretty much Steven Adams, Ines Cantor, and Victor Oladipo. All right, definitely. Yeah, I, I think I would kind of agree slightly. I think they can possibly make some noise this year, but I see them as a, a fifth seed if everything goes right for them this year. But I, uh, more realistically, I'd probably like a sixth or seventh seed in the West. Westbrook will be great as he always is, and he'll have his erratic play, and it'll probably be even more erratic without Durant around. But going, moving back to the Warriors, are are we just uh, pretty much penciling them in to win the title this year, Anis? I think they are, and yeah, I think uh, it's always implied that no major injuries should be the issue. But I think now they have so many uh, guns and weapons to use that even if one of them does get injured, I think they still can go through and win the championship. I completely disagree with this. Uh, San Antonio added a major piece, which no one is really talking about, which is Pau Gasol. He's better, way better than Tim Duncan right now, and he could be like a replica of him. Not a replica, but he's pretty damn good. He's, he's a little soft, but he's a good damn player. That, that gives... Probably Gasol at center, Aldridge at power forward, Kawhi at, at freaking small forward, and then they have some other good pieces, which are Danny Green, he's a great defender. 
When you have Greg Popovich, I'm never counting out San Antonio. Okay, definitely. Fair enough. I, 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 I've got to think Golden State's got to win. I mean, I just don't see any other really scenario, really. Uh, the thing with uh, the Pau Gasol thing uh, in terms of signing with San Antonio, I don't think he really improves their uh, front-court defense, and LaMarcus Aldridge is not really a world-class defender, as we all know. And I think that's where San Antonio is really going to miss Tim Duncan the most, probably on the defensive end and pr- playing uh, rim protection and so forth. But uh, going back to Golden State, uh, is there any particular weakness that other teams can exploit to kind of uh, beat them? Beat this uh, one of the best super teams we've probably ever seen? Uh, it depends on who else to get on the bench. Uh, I understand they're trying to sign a lot of veterans. Uh, like Ray Allen, Mario Jodemeyer, um, Mario Chalmers, uh, and I, I just read Rip Hamilton is even trying to make a comeback. So it really depends who they get on the bench. They don't have a lot of other cap left, but uh, I would like to state that the, the Spurs all didn't just lose Duncan, they also lost David West, who came to the Warriors, and... Uh, they also lost uh, the seven-foot-tall guy whose name is really hard to pronounce who went somewhere else. So Boban. They did lose a lot of size. Yeah, the guy, <laughs> the scary-looking guy. So they did lose a lot of size. And uh, I think in a series against Warriors and Spurs, I think uh, Warriors would just outpace them. Uh, just like uh, the, the Thunder did. Yeah, definitely. It looks like they're a lot more athletic. And then, like I said, I, the defensive thing, I think, for San Antonio, I think is going to be a little tough for them to make up. And we kind of saw San Antonio's defense towards the end of the season when Duncan was a little uh, kind of hobbly-wobbly and stuff. And we kind of saw what happened against Oklahoma City last three games of that series. So, I mean, but you never know. I mean, the season's 82 games long. They play the season for a reason. So uh, kind of moving into probably the most surprising move. I think even more surprising than Kevin Durant going to the Warriors. Uh, Dwayne Wade uh, leaving uh, Miami and heading back home to Chicago. Probably a, a move that was very disappointing for me uh, just because Dwayne Wade is my favorite player and been following him his whole career. Kind of wish he stayed in Miami, but uh he was he was ultimately got frustrated with the contract situation and uh ultimately decided to go back home and join the bulls so what is your thoughts on dwayne wade leaving uh miami after thirteen years on this well, I still respect dwayne Wade as much as I did before uh and I think this is a great loss for miami Heat's organization and I think they didn't do their part um, uh, i I think they should have offered him more money. He's never been the highest paid player on the team. And which is very shocking when that's the only guy who's been with them for all three championships. Um, uh, uh, I think Miami should have should have just given him the bigger contract uh, because they don't have any chance of competing for a championship. If we stayed there, they would have been a good playoff team, and they would have they still would have had a good fan base. Uh, I think Miami Heat's uh, fan base and eventually gonna go down drastically now. All right, definitely. Uh, Risha? Well, uh, at the same time, I think this was a win-win-win situation for all three parties, for the Bulls, the Heat, and D-Wade. As you said, the Heat aren't going to really compete. Uh, the East runs through LeBron. 
no matter what. We've seen that through the last six years as Dwayne Wade played with him with three years. And I think deep down inside, Pat Riley didn't want to re-sign Dwayne Wade because I'm a Lakers fan and, like, we had to go through this with Kobe. Two years, 50 million? Like, did Kobe really deserve that money? Like, Pat Riley's just straight ruthless. He, he didn't really give a shit. And well, Wade, Wade said he, he, he fucking had enough with this because he, he took a pay cut uh, when the big three came. He took a pay cut again for Udonis Haslam at a time. And he's never been the highest paid player. And, but, and then going to Chicago, they have Butler, Rondo, and Wade now. I really don't see Chicago doing much. They lost Noah. They lost Gasol. They pretty much lost their front court, but we'll see. All right, definitely. Uh, although I, I kind of agree with the Pat Riley should have ponied up for more money, I can ultimately kind of see why he didn't uh, pony up that much money for Dwayne Wade. He doesn't think he's really worth that much anymore with his advanced age and kind of his, his past with his injury trouble and so forth. But definitely he was Dwayne Wade was still the best player the last two years after LeBron left on the team. And he was relatively healthy last year playing 75 games and kind of led them in, into, se into a seven-game series against Toronto. Played really well in the playoffs, in my opinion. But ultimately, uh, long-term, I think it's actually a really good move for Miami just because it gives them a, a shot at all the top-level free agents in 2017. And Pat Riley, when everyone counts him out, always pulls cra crazy free agent moves and so forth, crazy signings. He has a... And that kind of reputation for getting the big names. So we'll see if he can do it again in 2017. But ultimately, uh, like Risha was mentioning about Chicago, uh, they got some interesting pieces. But uh, ultimately, it kind of boils down to how Rajon Rondo and Dwayne Wade will adjust defensively in the backcourt. Because I think backcourt might, might even be more important now than front court from a defensive standpoint just because of all the great guard wing play that's in the league. The the league is pretty much becoming a guard wing dominant league as we've seen in the past four or five years. And also also Jimmy Butler adjusting to the small forward position so D Wade can slide into the shooting guard position in the starting lineup. But ultimately I think this team with the right matchup in the playoffs could do some damage, but ultimately I probably see them as like somewhere at like a five or six seed in the East. What do you think, Anas? Uh, for the Bulls? Yes. Uh, I think uh, <clears throat> uh, I really would have to sit and see and uh, wait and see how the Knicks play out, how um, the Milwaukee Bucks play out, uh, and how the uh, now the Pistons play out. But I think uh, in the East, there's no real. And also the Celtics and the Hawks. So I think it'll be the same case as last year where you'll have a pretty much tied for like the third to like the eighth seed with like a two-game difference, you know. So I think Chicago Bulls will be somewhere in there. But I probably think, yeah, I would agree with six to, six to eight seed. But I think that the one team that could be a big surprise next year in the East is Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, the addition of Don Maker. Uh, the other day in this summer league, he grabbed 17 points and 17 rebounds. Um, with 10 fouls along to go with that? Sorry? Uh, Richard stated uh, he, 
He also fouled out with 10 fouls. Oh, all right, I didn't know about that. All right. Uh, but the uh, Milwaukee Bucks, they have six players of its over a seven feet wingspan. So they can have, at one time, playing all five positions around a six, to six feet, ten to seven feet tall. And I think that that can make a big difference on a five on five when you have all five players like that. And I think they'll be a big surprise in the East next year. Yeah, definitely. They look uh, really interesting. They have a lot of young guys, a lot of length, a lot of uh, young talent, versatile talent. Uh, another team I think we're kind of forgetting a bit about, the Washington Wizards. They kind of had an off year last year. Been interesting to see how they bounce back uh, with their young backcourt, John Wall, Bradley Beal. And definitely be interesting. And also Boston, uh, who was also already a good team last year, like uh, around a 50-win team last year. The addition of Al Horford, uh, how, what do you think that does uh, to their team, their chances in the East? Uh? I think it'll still be the same. They'll make the playoffs, but they're not going anywhere. I agree uh, 100%. They're, they're, they won't be able to take on the Cavs. Uh, uh, I, was, uh, I was really hoping that uh, Dwayne Wade would go to a different team that would be stronger, but he didn't. Uh, I think in the East is still, unless the Knicks come up with some crazy chemistry, uh, I don't think it'll make much of a difference uh, come playoff time, Cavs will pull through. Definitely. Uh, as I said, I agree 100%. Uh, Al Horford is a big addition, but they also lost Evan Turner. So that's a big blow, too. So I think it kind of cancels out. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Ev- Al Horford, I think, is one of, I mean, one of the best centers in the league, in my opinion. So, I mean, it's really going to be interesting to see. Uh, Boston has a lot of uh, good young players as well. Jay Crowder, Avery Bradley, Marcus Smart. Really good defensive team, and I think they got better defensively with Al Horford. And then offensively, they down the stretch, I think ultimately becomes the problem that they have a five foot nine superstar taking the biggest shots for them down the stretch. I think that's ultimately what will be their undoing, like it has been the last two years. And definitely, I mean, most likely it looks like Cleveland's East Eastern Conference to lose for a third straight season, but we'll definitely see what happens. Uh, Getting into, uh, I guess, the, the Pal Gasol uh, saga, I mean, we kind of discussed it a bit, but ultimately, uh, do you think uh, he's going to be like a 25-minute type type guy, like kind of like Duncan was the last like four or five years of his career? I think he'll get more minutes uh, because as did it before, Spurs have lost a lot of uh, size this postseason, and David West, Jim Duncan... And uh, the tall guy. Um, Boban. <laughs> Boban. Boban, yeah. <laughs> um, I think after it, will see the most amount of minutes uh, in the sizes, and then after that, it'll be Gasol. All right, definitely. Uh, so, do you think uh, San Antonio is most likely a second round out? No, I think I think uh, uh, I think they'll make the conference finals, and it'll be a good series with the Warriors. But the Warriors will uh, um, make the finals. Reach it? Yeah, they're making the conference finals for sure. You can already book that. I mean, for any other team, if you're a fan of a, if you're not a Warriors fan or a Spurs fan, just give up on the season already. And uh, I really gotta see how they play before I pick 
who's gonna go to the finals. All right, definitely we got some uh, confident opinions there. Uh, bold predictions, or not so bold, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. You fucking idiot. <laughs> okay, so but uh, getting into Tim Duncan, uh, kind of ultimately uh, him going retiring. What are you guys ultimately gonna remember Tim Duncan as? Honest, you want to go first? Go ahead. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll remember for, him, for his poor choice of uh, his, <laughs> his attire on certain occasions. <laughs> uh, like when he was wearing the jean shorts and a polo shirt to receive the MVP award. <laughs> or really, yeah, just the poor, poor choice of attire, but all of the best choice of work, very humble. Uh, you can't even tell if he's the least paid guy on the team or the most paid guy on the team or the least valuable player on the team or the most valuable player on the team. He's always the same as the person. So I think I remember more him for his personality and we don't even need to discuss his basketball accomplishments so, because they're unreal. So Overall, a big, big loss. I'll definitely end up a big era. Um, definitely going to miss him. Yeah, I agree with Arnest. I think the thing I'm most remembering about is being humble. He's probably by far the most humble at- athlete in all sports that I've ever seen. Like, any star player like Kobe, LeBron, they always complain to the ref, get mad, scream at their coaches. Tim Duncan, like, you would never see that. He's probably by far the most humble athlete I've ever seen. All right, definitely. Yeah, I mean, the the first thing that comes to mind when I think Tim Duncan, obviously, is the most humble superstar I've, I've ever seen in the NBA. Kind of reiterating what Rish had said. And then, uh, I mean, just ultimate, uh, like honest kind of uh, mentioned, always even keel. I mean, no reaction, never got too high, never got too low, was always pretty much the same. Was always uh, a gr- great leader for his team and a great player on the court, great, great warrior. Always super mature, always knew what, understood high IQ basketball high IQ basketball player on both ends of the floor probably one of the greatest defensive big men I've ever seen probably alongside Akeem Olajuwon Bill Russell those types of guys so I mean it's definitely a big loss for the Spurs and probably even a bigger loss for the NBA but uh the game is moving in a different direction and the newer young guys are going to take the take the torch so uh, moving into some other free agency stuff, uh, well, do you guys see any uh, kind of sort of big uh, trades happening before the season, or do you think it's pretty much just going to remain, for the most part, uh, what it is right now? I think uh, something will happen on Westbrook, uh, depending on how the Thunders want to take the next step after Grant's leaving. Uh, but other than that, I don't see any other big trades happening. Yeah, as Anna said, I do see Oklahoma City exploring the, what they can get for Westbrook, but I don't think they'll trade him. But one uh, trade that no one's really talking about is the 76ers. They have three big men, Joel Embiid, Jaleel Okafor, and Nerlens Noel. One of them will definitely be traded before the season. All right, definitely. You heard it there first from Rishit. One of those... Uh Young 76ers big men are getting are, are getting traded. So definitely uh, congratulations to Tim Duncan. 
class act on an excellent 19 year career and uh, that'll do it for this edition of the Z-Ball podcast fucking D12 damn is Dwight that, that much irrelevant right now you guys really want to talk about Dwight okay sure I mean you guys uh, pretty much showed lack of interest in any other Eastern Conference teams uh uh, Dwight Howard, uh, in a kind of a young, uh, a wing-dominated league, uh, how does he fit in with the Hawks going back to his hometown of Atlanta? Uh, go ahead, Reed. Uh, yeah, I think he fits in perfect. This puts less pressure on him because uh, the Hawks really aren't a contender. They, they also traded Jeff Teague, and I think he'll be himself. And... And also, Atlanta doesn't have a, a score like James Harden or Kobe, which he played with on his last two teams. And he wants to ball a lot. And I think he's gonna. This is the perfect fit for him going home. And I think they're not gonna do anything, but he's just gonna fit in well. And there's not gonna be much drama or media on him. All right, honest. Um. Yeah, I agree. I think. Uh he, was, he had a different type of play around him in Orlando, and that's why he was able to be so good. And then when, when he left in Lakers and in Rockets, uh, he had to share the ball, uh, respectively, with Kobe and uh, James Harden. And uh, he didn't flourish there. And especially last year, him and uh, um, Harden didn't get along. Both were trying to get the other person traded or that. Or at least that's what the rumor said. And he's also in his hometown, and I think he's gonna do. I think he's gonna do much better than the since he's he's left Orlando. I think he might be back at his Orlando uh, Orlando playing standards. Wow, that's kind of interesting to hear. I thought. I mean, the big question with Dwight, obviously for me, is uh, is he as good as he ever was? Did he ever really have a post game? I don't think he ever really did, but he just dominated because of his athleticism, and he ultimately stayed healthy. I don't think he's really been that much of a healthy player for the last like three four seasons and also some team chemistry issues in LA and Houston that definitely played a kind of a big part as well but uh ultimately Dwight flourishes the best when he's he's in a pick and roll type game with another type small type point guard do you think Dennis Schroeder is the the perfect fit type point guard for that pick and roll style that Dwight likes to play in I think you give, I think it'll take them a, bit, uh, a little bit of time to get used to both of them to get used to each other, and I think uh, since they don't have any other major scorer that will demand twenty to thirty shots at the end, but I think Bird Howard can fit in and use Shouter to get his pick and rolls done. Yeah, I agree, and uh, I also think another big signing was uh, Yo Kim Noah to the Knicks. Why is that? Because now the Knicks finally are fucking good for the first time in how many years? Uh, they also traded for Derrick Rose, so and they signed Courtney Lee. They were going after Dwayne Wade, but I think D Wade had no interest going there, and he wa- he also wanted to go home to Chicago. So I think sh- I think everyone's sleeping on New York. All right, definitely. I mean, I don't really. I'm not really buying into the New York thing. I mean. We saw them second place like in 2013. I think that was probably one of the best teams in the 2000s for the New York for the New York Knicks. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't even know if they're a playoff team. Are they a playoff team? They're a playoff team for sure, 100%.
A seventh, uh, low playoff team, low le- low seeded playoff team. I think team? Six, six place, six place. All right, fair enough. I mean, but I mean, what do you think on this? I really think how how many games that Derrick Rose will play next season, and if he doesn't get injured, I think if he plays through the season, I think they can make the playoffs for sure. All right, definitely. Any other thing you guys want to talk about uh, in regards to free agency trades, etc.? How the fuck did Timofey Mozgov get four years, 64 from the Lakers by sitting on the bench? Yeah, some of the contracts that are coming up, especially Mike Conley, uh, it just, just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, uh, especially with the Lakers, like... Uh, they haven't done anything. They could have signed a few good players, but they haven't done much. <laughs> this is the only big signing they had. Well, good signing they had is re-signing Jordan Clarkson. I mean, the, uh, the in terms of the big contracts, that's just the way the salary cap is moving towards. Uh, the increase in salary cap this year, it's going to go up with probably another $10 million for next year as well. So the big contracts are just going to keep coming and coming, and you're going to see crooked numbers, weird numbers. You're going to be like, how the fuck did this role player get this offer he played eight, eight, 10 minutes a game this year guys like Tyler Johnson getting four year 50 million dollar restricted offers I mean it's just nuts but ultimately and then going back piggybacking into the Lakers argument they just can't uh, get any big free agents to meet with them anymore I don't know what the fuck is going on and I mean they couldn't even get a meeting with Hassan Whiteside and they ultimately kind of just Right when free agency started, the first minute they offered Mozgov a contract, and he accepted without exploring any other other big men on the market. So I, I don't I don't know what's going on. I don't know how their future free agency free agency wise looks like. Westbrook is kind of linked to them, but ultimately I think they're just gonna have to they're kind of rebuild mode for another couple of years, and they're gonna have to rely on their young guys like Russell Ingram, Julius Randle, so forth, Jordan Clarkson, and kind of just build from there but it's just becoming really odd that the Lakers can't get big big name free agents in a room anymore uh, what do you guys think about that I think it's, uh, it's both the issues that the ownership has <laughs> domestic issues I think and I think they've cost uh, all the, I think they've already cost Lakers at least one if not two rings because they're not hiring because they're not hiring Phil Jackson but back when they had a loaded team. Uh, Reshit? Uh, yeah, I agree. It's ownership. Uh, I think these stupid signings were from Jim Buss because if, if they don't make it to the conference finals by the end of this year, he's going to have to leave, which they're not making the conference finals. They're not making the playoffs. I can guarantee that as a Laker fan. And I think Jim just wanted to leave Ginny in, in, a, in a, a bad situation with two bad contracts with uh, old-ass Luol Deng and Timofey Mozgov. Alright, definitely. It'll be interesting to see. How, but uh, a lot of intrigue, like I already kind of mentioned, is taken out of the season with Durant going to Golden State. So it looks like they're the heavy favorite to win the title and they definitely should be. So that'll do it for this edition of the Z-Ball Podcast. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening, and uh, salute to Tim Duncan. Absolute class act for 19 seasons on an excellent career. Congratulations on everything, and enjoy your retirement.